Hey, Verse Course Verse DL here. It is that time of the year again already. In about two weeks, we will be recording our finale episodes, and we want to hear from you. Do you have any questions for us? Do you have any comments? Anything that you want to say that might make it in the finale? Write us. Send an email to contact at versecourseverse.com. Send me a message on Instagram at versecourseversepod. Whatever you want to do, hit us up. We will answer your questions on the finale. Hey, thanks. Coming up on Verse Course Verse, way back in 2021, Evil and I agreed on two things. Let's talk about them. Welcome to episode 95 of Verse Course Verse. I am DL. With me is teacher of Gojira to DL Evil Jimmy. <laughs> That's a lot of Evil. pressure. How are you doing? I'm good. Today. I'm very good. It's early. Yeah, early recording. Another one. We seem to be doing this more often. You know, I thought that they would be tricky, but I actually I kind of like it. Yeah, it, me too. It gets me ready to go for the rest of the day. Yeah. Or it gives me an excuse to not have to do a lot the rest of the day. I can tell people, look. I just had a few drinks, okay? Nah. It wasn't my choice. It's for content. I don't like drinking. I just have to do it for my job. This is the burden that we carry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, Evil, we're getting down to it. I know. Episode 95. We do not have Oof. very many left. 95. That's crazy. Think back to, oh my God, what was the first episode I... Was it 19... No, it wasn't no, 69. I... Was it corn? It was corn. It was. I re-listened to a little bit of that. I was so excited. <laughs> I was so loud. <laughs> well, I think we also, was that like episode oh my, six? Something like that. Yeah. So I still had a shitty mic. You had still had a shitty mic. Yeah. There was so much that we hadn't figured out. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be an episode coming up that we're going to, we're going to talk about our hundred episodes. 100. That's yeah. uh Good for us. I'm going to pull a muscle patting us on our backs. <laughs> Speaking of end of the year, because we're there, we're at the end of the year episodes. And one of the things that we're going to start doing every year, we couldn't do it the first year for reasons that you will learn shortly. I'm calling this the samesies episode. And this is what I've decided every year in the finale. If you didn't listen to the first one, go back and listen. It's spectacular content. We're hilarious <laughs> while drinking in the same room. I've listened to a little bit of that as well. I apologize to listeners for how belligerent my laughing is the deeper into the episode we got because I was pretty tipsy by the end. Yeah, um, I'm going to give out an award at the end of the year for drunkest episode. <laughs> like who was the drunkest in an episode? I'm not going to spoil anything, but that episode for evil is a nominee. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. It's a good thing I Ubered home that night. Let's just say that. You have by far the least amount of nominees, though. Wow. Wow. You hold it together. It is very hard to tell when you are drunk until there, there's like a certain point where then it's like. Uh, yeah. The cliff. 
there's a cliff. And the only yep. time I've seen you fall off that cliff was the finale. Mm-hmm. Only time with podcasting. I was. I've seen I you was, in past lives. I'm not going to pull punches. I was fucked up at the end of the <laughs> finale. For real. I wasn't at all. <laughs> in a wonderful way. Yeah. No, that was. That's so much fun. That was an incredible time. Anyway, part of the finale, what we do is we pick our five best albums of the year. And what I've decided is if Rachel Svend or you pick two of the same albums of the year, then we are going to do an episode about those two albums in the next year. Two, We'll say two or more. So okay. not just one. I don't think that that's enough content. Plus, I do think that since we all listen to a lot of the same stuff because of the podcast, right. that it would be too many episodes. Mm-hmm. The, the odds of us all having sames are pretty good for one. Yeah, yeah. Two or more, I feel like it's going to be pretty rare, I think. Maybe not for you and I, because one thing I've learned is even though we have very different favorites of genres, you and I end up liking a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. If we did like a Venn diagram of all of our interests, our circles would overlap the most, I think, of the four of us. Well, I think Rachel and Sven too. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be the weirdest fucking Venn diagram is what it would be. This is that episode. This is Samesies. Evil and I had two favorites, uh, favorite out, al- Jesus Christ, favorite <laughs> albums last year. Pull it together year. there, buddy. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> it's uh, too early. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm. We need very, to start drinking, s- I think, is what. Listeners, you already know what they are if you listen to the first episode, but I'm really excited for these because not only do we get to talk about two albums that we obviously liked, but it also gives us a chance to, over a year, did it change? Yeah. Did, do yeah. you still even like right. it? Some of these that are high on favorites, you can listen to them enough to get sick of them after spending time with mm-hmm. them. I mean, that happens to you a lot too, right? It's not just me. Like oh, you, completely. I'll have some darling album that I'm in love with and then go back to it a few months later and be like, what, what was I <laughs> yeah. thinking here? Like, what the if hell? I- Question for you. I don't have our rankings for these albums from the finale. Do you have that? I do. Handy? And okay, I perfect. Will, when we get to awards and categories, there is a category specifically for that. Got it. And I will say what we rank them. Yeah. Very surprised looking back because they are swapped from what I thought they would be. A specific album is much higher on mine and another one is higher on yours that I thought it would be completely reversed. Mm, Okay. Before we get into this more, we got to talk about the most important part of brunch, we'll say. I'll go first because I haven't seen your drink yet and I'm excited to see it because it's it's one of my favorites when it's done right. My drink is one of my favorites when it's done right too. It doesn't look pretty anymore, but it was once. It's a Irish coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite drinks ever. This, I got to say... Last night I bought Jameson has four different kinds of uh, stout barrel Jameson. They do like mm-hmm. an orange Jameson. This was an IPA barrel Jameson. Interesting. Okay. I thought, what the hell? Why not? I didn't. It It's fucking good. Huh. It doesn't make sense. The hoppiness adds a little something. I don't taste hops. I... I feel like we live in some bizarre world because like 10, 15 years ago, it was all about aging beers and whiskey barrels. And now (laughs) we flip flopped and we're aging whiskeys and 
beer barrels. Like I'm very glad for that. We're bored humans. Exactly. Humans get bored. But yeah. you know what happened because they were bored that same time you're talking about whiskey was not a fucking thing anymore. Like people didn't give a shit about whiskey from yeah, that's true. the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Scary times where we lost a lot of really good whiskey. <laughs> I'll admit my whiskey drinking stayed mostly to crown and Jack and yeah. Crown was like, we were splurging when we bought crown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the Friday night. I just got paid. Let's party. Yeah. It's whiskey crown royal. <laughs> yeah that purple felt bag oh yeah oh yeah a little gold I, oh god i have a story about crown royal one new year's eve i was doing shots with buddies and it was crown royal that was like our celebratory uh spirit of the day and i sneezed right as i took a shot and it redirected the entire shot into my sinuses oh. and it was one of the worst experiences <laughs> oh my god it was terrible i, I instantly was like sneezing like slobbering i wound up like puking it was awful Ooh. and i rallied and drank some more i think i drank so much moostrol i may have puked again that night uh, oh, college. It, I was going to say, that's the age. That's yep. the age where you do it. I was a terrible drinker. It didn't stop me, but <laughs> I was not a puker. I was a blacker outer. Ew, that's the, Yeah. <laughs> and the worst part about that is I was, you know, in my 20s and stuff, I was super high metabolism guy, didn't eat a lot, very hyper, little high strung. And I would drink a lot of like, I drink a ton of like Red Bull, Red Bull vodkas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Which Red Bull and vodka, I'm thinking that might be the most dangerous invention in the history of mankind. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's add a whole bunch of caffeine <laughs> to our alcohol. So yeah. when you black right. out, you're still going to be there for a couple hours at least. Yep. Yeah. Do you remember Sparks? Yes. Like, there's all kinds of yes. versions of these things. Sparks was the one that, that I drank the most of. This is pre-4 Loco. And yeah. It's like a silver can with like yeah, orange was, outlining. Right. Or the yeah. can looked like a battery. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's great branding, actually. <laughs> Holy shit. Yep. And then there was 4 Loco. Which I don't think I ever drank 4 Loco. I, probably smart. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm drinking. Evil, what do you got tonight? Today? Speaking of the dark times in spirits, uh, the 80s when vodka was the time. I don't generally drink vodka much because it's odorless and flavorless. Yeah. I mean, it smells like alcohol, but it doesn't have any smell that gives it any character. It just smells like alcohol. You're a but big cocktail yeah. guy. And yeah. people like that, you want to be inventive with the alcohol being up front. Yeah. And, yeah. and you can't do that with vodka. No, because the whole yeah. point of like a good vodka is distilled to the point where it takes all of the character out of it. Yeah. You know, there's a few drinks that I'll I'll put vodka in. They're usually some kind of highball variant. Mm -hmm. And this one is a Bloody Mary. Mm -hmm. Spiced Bloody Mary. Let's oh, see if, uh, man. Look at that. Yeah. That's beautiful. He's got the celery stock in there. He's yeah. got the pick the big with... Olive. Cherry tomatoes, green olive, a big ice rock. Keep it nice and cool. I made my own Bloody Mary mix with tomato juice, Worcestershire Shire sauce, yeah. tamari. I used a hot sauce called Slap Ya Mama hot sauce. <laughs> it's like a Cajun hot sauce. Really good. Just a pinch of tahini to give it a little mm, flavor. Yeah. Some lemon juice, some cracked pepper. It's good. Nice. It's really good. I could have made it a little spicier. 
you, but it's got really good flavor. Do you, uh, is there anything on the rim? I guess not. Cause if you put tahini yeah. on it, you wouldn't really need. Yeah. I, I thought about doing yeah. that. I like to do like a tahini rim on mezcal margaritas. Yeah. I thought about doing that, but I'm like, I didn't want to overdo it. Uh, you know what I do on Bloody Mary's? And I think I might've said this before on the podcast, but Hey, well us people that drink, we repeat ourselves quite a bit. <laughs> Old Bay. Ooh. Salty, briny addition to it. To try that. Yeah. It's pretty fucking good. That's what we're drinking. We have two albums that we at least at one point loved to get into. Let's take a break and get into them. And we're back. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> That's your first one, Evil. Oh, ooh. Let's get into our first samesies that both of us had in our top five last year. In this one, I probably surprised you. Yeah. And for that sure. is Fortitude by Gojira. Yeah. Thank you to Gojira and Roadrunner because we do have the rights to this. We are going to be awesome. able to play a Roadrunner label and the bands that are on road. Actually, I'll say more the bands. That's good. Um, They're smart. Yes. This is something that's going to fit you well as the podcast grows and the content grows. By far the most appreciative genre and genre that will let you do things and reach out and do interviews is metal. By yeah. far. Good. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Oh, I think it's part of the ethos in like the metal communities that grassroots tape trading bands that start kind of a grassroots campaign. I guess hard work and touring yeah. and stuff is appreciated. The flip side of that is all the shit talking when bands are successful, they've sold, sold out. out. There's a flip side to that, but I think it's just blue collar ethic in the music it's just woven into the whole culture i, I hadn't even thought about it you are totally right where most genres it's important for alt rock not so much alt rock but rock rock rap hip-hop most genres it's kind of important to your marketing to be the brilliant above everybody too cool for this shit sort of thing yeah and metal like you just said in order to be popular in metal you kind of have to be the opposite. Right. Like you said, grassroots yeah, and appreciative. in the trenches. Humble. Exactly. Yep. Actually, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask another question because you're going to know more about this than me because I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> Those countries like Norway and, and Sweden and the places where metal is pop, where right. metal yeah. is... Is it the same thing there? Are they grassroots? Are they a little more, we are the famous musicians of this place? Or are they still pretty, are those bands typically pretty humble? I think Maybe that's a sign of the country. I think so. It? I think they're fairly humble. I sent you a message about In Flames. Some of the members and former members own a bar, a hamburger yeah. restaurant and bar yeah. in Gothenburg, 2112, named after a Rush song because they're all huge Rush fans. So I think so. I think they like to be part of the community. In Sweden, most kids growing up playing some musical instrument is just part of their education. Arts and music are viewed as being a much more integral part of education and culture. Good news for you is that we do tend to get a lot of random, I will say this, we don't have as many listeners over there, but our rankings as far as music podcasts are consistently way higher in countries like Sweden, Croatia, 
Ireland, really random ones, Vietnam, places like that. Vietnam. Uh, That's so wild. That's awesome. Consistently. And actually, I don't think I've shouted them out yet. Shout out to fucking Ireland. Ireland's been on us for a good solid five, six months now. All you listeners in Ireland, fucking thank you. I have never been to Ireland. It's probably in my top two countries that I've never been to that I really want to go to. All I've ever heard about Ireland is that A, it's beautiful, and B, the people are the yeah. funniest, coolest people that you're ever going to meet. Have you ever watched, it's like Irish people experiencing things for the first time. No, like Fucking what? hilarious. Irish Just people uh, listening to certain music for the first time, or trying certain alcohols for the first time, or foods from around <laughs> the world. It is so no. amazing, because they're all so fucking funny. They're just witty, right? Oh my God, it's, it's so good. You'd think that'd be insulting, isn't it? Like... What are they trying to say? Like Irish people live in a fucking cave or something? (laughs) (laughs) Irish people try McDonald's. Right. (laughs) What is this? No, it's (laughs) great, man. I would say out of all the countries to have fans in, that's one of the top ones for me. That's fucking awesome. Point being that hopefully, I'm hoping someday. How are you going to explain your relationship with the band U2 to these people? That's a good point. Hmm. My only hope, there's got to be a good percentage of the population in Ireland that, I mean, Bono, right? Come on, people. Bono. What would be our equivalency to that? People, Kid Rock. <laughs> like, people have to be looking at America being like, there's no way that everybody in America likes this fucking dude, right? That's amazing. What a quote. Bono, the Kid Rock of Ireland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and our Irish listeners yeah, completely go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Anyway, hopefully we can tour those countries someday because that would be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing my 10 second reviews yeah. every day. Very, very proud. You as my personal trainer, <laughs> you should be too. I've lost 22 pounds as of today. What? Are you being for real? I swear to God. 22. I've lost 22 pounds. That's insane. And not, I'm not doing anything dangerous. 22 I'm not is a binging. Lot. I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm just eating better foods. I'm working out every day. Thank you to evil. I oh concentrated extremely hard on my sleep. Mm-hmm. So my, my sleep has improved vastly and it just keeps. That'll every, fix more than just. It fixes everything. Oh, I'm happier. Yeah. I have more energy. Yeah. I'll tell you the biggest things that I've noticed. I'm going to try to tie it into you giving me another tip, mm, but mm-hmm. forcing myself to make sure that I get at least seven, hopefully eight hours of sleep a night, or if that doesn't happen, going to sleep early the next day, Yeah, forcing myself it, to make it work. It's better to consistently get up at the same time and just try to go to bed earlier than to sleep in because I'll kind of throw off your rhythms a little bit. I get up at the exact same time every Perfect. single day. Yep. I didn't even know that. That's a tip. And then I also do, you know, the green smoothie that, mm-hmm. that like Rogan. I don't, yeah. well, I don't know if it's, did it start with Joe Rogan or no, he just but made he, it? He calls them Hulk loads. Like <laughs> the, anytime he get, gets a hold of some idea, he puts a spin on it that makes you think some mental image that doesn't get out of your head and well, it he's just a, goes viral. Yeah. He's a, he's the 14 year old brain right. comedian guy. Yeah. It's, yeah. With one of the most enormous platforms to reach 
humanity that's ever existed. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about that in the finale, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been drinking, I think it's basically that smoothie. It's celery, ginger, kale, some beets every once in a while, garlic, apple. I got to tell you, if you drink a good, it doesn't taste good. (laughs) You just get it down your fucking gullet. Mm -hmm. All the nutrients you need for a day to me, I don't eat a bunch during the day. I don't have time. I've noticed... And I'm not sure if it's my sleep or if it's that I have so much fucking energy so much longer. I used to get so tired at like two o'clock, three o'clock, and I'm still, I still feel fucking great. That's awesome. But my question to you, a, a tip for today is... I know that eventually, because I've always been a weird weight guy, my weight just varies. But I know that eventually I'm going to hit that wall where I'm just, I'm not really going to lose weight anymore. Right. I'm going to, not easily. How do you not get disappointed with that? Mm. Feel like you're not doing as well anymore because you're not. You're not. How do you get through the times where you're not seeing results? You have to redefine what results are. You use the phrase losing weight. And I always would coach people Uh to to say reducing your body fat. If you're losing weight, at some point you're losing muscle and bone and organs and other stuff too, which, you you know, not necessarily the best thing. So optimizing your body mass, everyone's a little bit different in the way that they would restructure that mentally. Get away from the idea of losing weight because weight is such a hard thing to grasp conceptually. It can be bullshit, especially if you're talking about like BMI and... Right. Like I'm obese on the BMI. Exactly. BMI is like a rough grope at body composition. Yeah. Changing your relationship with what the right goals are, making progress is. Because at some point you just get to a, an optimal state and then it's about sort of maintaining that and dialing it in just a little bit more sleep energy. Mm-hmm. I think it is so driven into our minds. You got to lose weight. Where do you go when you get to the point you're healthy? That's yeah. where like body dysmorphia and eating disorders and stuff come into play that kind of nip that in the bud, get ahead of it. What's something, this might be a hard question to answer, so you don't have to answer Mm -hmm. it, but I'm assuming that at some point with you, with training, that's happened to you, where you just, you stopped seeing results and it was fucking frustrating. Was there a specific mantra that you had or was there a light bulb moment at all or that, or was it just kind of... Okay. The two best gauges of health and fitness that I can give to anybody Do you feel good? And do you like the way you look naked in front of a mirror? I mean, how many people would say yes to that? (laughs) (laughs) They got work to do then. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Can you stand in front of a full-length mirror and look at yourself and be like, fucking A. Or you're like, I got a little work to do. This is like self-perception. Do you feel good about the way you look? More importantly, do you just feel good? Yeah. Energy, is your mood good? Are you in a positive state of mind? I like that a lot because, Mm -hmm. so I'm the type of person, and this is honesty corner, but that's what helps people, I think, is... I probably, because I've had, I've talked before about how I used to be a a big time runner and stuff like that. And I had a lot of the problems you were talking about with a lot of long distance runners end up having problems with anorexia and Mm -hmm. it can be a shitty mental sport. Right, right. And I probably will never be the type of person that looks at myself in a mirror and is like, fucking A. But (laughs) I can judge stuff based on, you know what? I feel fucking good. I get home from work. I've got energy. I still want to play with my kid. And that's the only thing that fucking matters. I I was going to add to that, but you said it perfect. I was going to say, if you're a person who is so hypercritical 
that even if your body composition is great and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, that's not good. You're not feeling good at yes. that point. And that's why I said that's the most important thing. It's do you feel yeah. good? That was a deep trainer's corner with evil Jimmy. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I like it. All right. Let's get into Fortitude by Gojira. All right. We can do it. We, we have the fortitude. We ha- Oh, <laughs> evil coming in with his dad jokes. <laughs> Released April of last year. It was recorded in a span of two years in Queens, actually in the Silver Chord Studio in New York City, which surprised me. Really? Label is once again Roadrunner and producer is Joe Duplantier, who is one of the brothers that started Gojira. Yep. Here's the thing. Think about the guitar player, drummer, brother tandems Mm -hmm. throughout the years. Pantera, Van Halen. I'll drink for that later. Some of the best bands ever. These guys it's almost are, are, like they have their whole life to practice together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're so in tune with each other. It's fucking, yeah. And that's Gojira. Gojira is Joe Duplantier, who does the vocals. And the he does a lot of stuff, actually. He arranges yeah. the song, uh, rhythm guitar. Yeah. Sorry to the French. I'm going to butcher all this shit. Christian Andrew or Andrew is the lead guitarist. Jean Michel. Also, I think is it Duplantier because it's French. Fuck, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Look, <laughs> Gojira, we're American, okay? We're yeah, sorry. we're bad, but Joe, we love your music. Joe Duplantier, yeah. Christian Andrew, John Michael Labadee. Uh, no, <laughs> and twins. And twins. <laughs> Jean Michel and Mario Duplantois. We'll say. Um, <laughs> That's awful. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, French. There were a lot of engineers on this. A lot mm-hmm. of mi- Andy Wallace did the mixing. Ted Jensen did the mastering. Gojira is French, which I love. I don't know why. I just love it. Before we get into talking about this album and what we both loved about it, we got to do the friendship test. Ooh. Evil, what is my favorite song on this album? I'm going to say Newfound is your that is a very good guess for you this is why i had a hard time with Mm -hmm. this because i know you love gojira Mm -hmm. this is what i'll say i am surprised you are such a fan of gojira because i don't think they're that metal Mm. and (laughs) so what i did is i picked one of the metalist songs on this album which is grind yeah Okay. I almost Solid picked choice. Into the Storm because there's that mm-hmm. strength within thing in that song, which is also mm-hmm. a very evil thing, mm-hmm. but I went grind. Yep. Boy, the end of the year 2021 love from metal sites and magazines. People fucking love yeah. this album. It did hit number one on the US hard rock chart and all of the Swiss charts. I would call this, and I want to see if this is even a thing or if it's too much of a juxtaposition. If I called this simple prog metal, what would you say to that? Hmm. I wouldn't have a hard time with that. This is a very interesting band. I do this with like the LA bands from the early 90s, like yeah. Rage Against the Machine and Tool. And we're talking about Venn diagrams and a different sort of Venn diagram. I have a band, Cynic, Gojira, and Tool. Mm. They're very different musically. Number one, no band sounds like Cynic. No band sounds like Tool. No band sounds like Gojira. Mm -hmm. And then thematically and lyrically, esoteric slash spiritual themes. Absolutely. There's way more going on 
in those three bands than you would pick up from just like a cursory yes. listen. Secret about me is I'm not what you would categorize as being a deeply religious person or even like a deeply spiritual person, but I am mm-hmm. in a way. The messages these bands layer within their music and lyric, it resonates with me pretty deeply. We've talked about that a lot this year because we've talked about metal this year. We've talked about, I'll say the Halo effect or mm-hmm. Baroness, mm-hmm. Gojira, at least in this album, because I haven't listened to enough of their stuff to use their entire discography as an example. But Mm -hmm. this album is so much more than I typically get from metal albums. Yeah, it's deeper. It's so complex. The lyrics and the harmonies are amazing. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Voices that they make with vocals, their guitar work, and with the tribal sounds that they're throwing yeah. in there. I would say this. I would say for you people out there that just aren't major metalheads, but you just want good albums, I would give this a shot. Yep, yep. If you're a music nerd and you're not into metal you would probably still like Gojira for a number of reasons. I said in the finale, this album is a masterclass in songwriting. Oh, completely. After listening to this for a year, I absolutely think that. The very first song, Mm -hmm. uh, Born for One Thing, I don't love every song on this album, Mm -hmm. but I can pick out parts to almost every song that I do love. Breakdowns and Mm -hmm. bridges (laughs) and Born for One Thing which is just a killer starting track. Yeah. And I'm I'm now remembering that that was on your like top five favorite songs for last year. And I'm mad that I didn't pick it as your favorite song. Son of a bitch. I don't know if we mentioned this, but Gojira is the French word for Godzilla. That's, oh, that's where their name I didn't came know from. That. <laughs> they wanted to be called Godzilla, but there were some other like rights issues with other bands. So they chose the French version, which is way cooler anyway. Oh, it's if a band named Godzilla Godzilla came out with this album. I don't think I would have ever heard it. Oh my God. Rachel evil's trying to get us to listen to this band called fucking Godzilla. <laughs> last year, listening to this, I fu- I love this album last year. Also, this feels like forever ago. Doesn't like, it? April of 2021 feels like five years ago. Almost and musically. I love this song, but before preparing for what we're doing today, I didn't really dive into the lyrics as deeply. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. Previously, what drew me to this song was just the musicality of it. But lyrically, this is a song that resonates with a lot of Buddhist tenets. Why are we here? What are we doing? How do we be happy? And how do we embrace death as part of life? I said earlier, I'm like, that resonates with me. Me too. Absolutely. Majorly. And I might cut this out. I might not. We'll see where this conversation goes. But I kind of took this as a bit of a dig on religion as a kind of a why the fuck as humans are we trying to find a reason for death or why death needs to matter? Hmm. Why are we trying to tame the greatest fear of all? Embrace that you're going to die. Right. There's nothing after. You're just going to die. So live the smartest, best, kindest life you can fucking live. But I'm also like that. I'm always kind of a little bit of a... uh, There's a Buddhist saying, once I heard it, somewhere in like the mid, late 2000s, I had kind of a little like mental shift. I shy away from the term spirituality because you can get into some fuckery there pretty, pretty, (laughs) 
pretty quickly. <laughs> it's the Buddha saying, before enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. Oh, and I, that's good. Uh, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what this song basically is about. We're here to experience this thing. And at some point, we'll be gone. Accept that. And then you can get to work experiencing this thing. I love that. I love that so much. I like to go by the words of the great Getty Lee (laughs) when he said, why are we here? Because we're here. Roll the bones. Fuck yeah, man. This album is so up my alley. I'll ask you this. Do they do the tribal thing in a lot of their albums or was this specifically because this had this Amazonian depletion of our world feel? I think that's, it's much more in focus here. The song Amazonia, that's a tip of the hat to Sepultura for sure. Like roots, bloody roots. Oh, okay. These guys are huge Sepultura fans. They're so subtle in the way that they do it, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. They don't beat you over the head with it. Like, right. if, if you haven't heard this album yet and you hear us talking about, oh, they're adding this tribal shit, it's not a shtick. It's not no, a, not at hey, all. this is our theme for this album. There are certain other bands that have done that before. Look at what we're doing to the environment. You can tell these guys feel this shit. They're conservationists. Tree huggers. In, like, such a good way. In a like, good way. Yeah. <laughs> they're not complete assholes about it to the point that i think proceeds from this album or at least some of the proceeds of the album go to benefit like an ngo in brazil to like conserve the amazon and help out indigenous peoples there oh my god you're right holy fuck i love these guys yeah right they've raised over three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars to put toward aiding the indigenous tribes of the amazon there you go who have suffered from deforestation land loss forced labor violence Holy shit, that ge- that just gave me chills. Mm-hmm. Uh, that adds even another layer to this album. Amazonia, I fucking love that song. Mm-hmm. It's a broad, well-met point. And that song is a- just about the rapid disappearance of the Amazon mm-hmm. jungle and what it, not so much just, look, the Amazon's gone, but what it represents. Yeah. The greatest miracle is burning to the ground. More people could be doing more. Yeah. It reminds me. So I know that this name is controversial and I'm not saying he's great or not great, but he fucking exists and he's funny. Louis C.K. has one of my favorite comedic bits of all time. He starts the bit saying like, it's weird because tree huggers always end up being liberals and conservatives. They don't give a shit about that stuff. Conservatives are always Christian. If you're a Christian, don't you have to give a shit about the earth? He does this whole thing about God coming back and being like, what the fuck did you guys do? (laughs) The thing is, is they do it in a way that doesn't come across as being preachy. Not at all. Or contrived. They take the high ground. I I don't have the right words to really describe it. It's just they're better people (laughs) than me. (laughs) I completely agree. I don't feel preached to at all when I listen to this. And it's not even... There are times where it's pretty blunt 
the chant, you were told to crawl and hide. I don't, sorry, I don't have the lyrics pulled up in front of me. There's not a lot of subtlety. Leave the mud behind and climb up the sky. Wake up to the sound of doom. Yeah. They do the same thing with Another World, which is Mm -hmm. this, you listen to it the first whatever times, and it seems like a pretty simple context, but man, it's so fucking complex musically when you start listening to it. The way they manipulate tempo Mm -hmm. is fucking otherworldly. Yes. I don't have any other way to put it. Their rhythm section, the choices that they make between their rhythm section and their guitarists, it kind of blows your mind a little bit. And the space that they can leave in songs. I think that's another reason I love these guys is because there isn't, Mm -hmm. you know, with a lot of metal, you get a lot of look at what I can do. They're not like that at all in this album. Every single song is completely about the song. There are some like subtle classic rock elements Mm -hmm. in this album that are not in other albums that they've like some guitar solos, which they are not known for. They don't do solos and like some sing-along choruses, which is not a a normal Gojira thing either, but they're still very economical and lean in the way that they, these guys are a, a completely different level. I do think that one of the best examples of that is Another World, which also Mm. we already talked about. And that's another song that I just love. The lyrics, I am a little bit of Mm -hmm. a humans suck kind of person. (laughs) I just am. And that song is, and I could be wrong, but that song essentially is about how we're we're fucking parasites. And eventually we're going to kill this world and we're trying to find another one to go kill. It's him sort of like wishing that there is another world that we can go to because we're fucking this one up. We've been talking about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard off outside of the podcast quite a bit. They released an album. Once a week. (laughs) (laughs) Australian band that is extremely prolific. They release rock albums in all genres you can imagine. Uh, crazy. Uh, weekly. Yes. <laughs> Not fucking really, insane. Pretty close. But they released one in 2019 called Infest the Rat's Nest, which was like a thrash metal album about this exact concept. But they have a song called Planet B. There is no Planet B. They're like trying to, hey guys, oh. we're fucking up. There is no Planet B. Another World is kind of like a more positive bent on on that message. We haven't really gone over a lot of the tracks, but that's the basic point of the album. Actually, I'll ask you this. The song Into the Storm, mm-hmm. triplet stuff, which is much more metal than the rest of the album. Yeah, it is. Tell me if I'm wrong. Dude, in that intro, that like the train... That is fucking brilliant. Man, their drummer does amazing things. He's so good. The few negative reviews I saw on this were very, this is not Gojira metal. Uh, The whole album? I mean, what is Gojira metal? Like, what the f- I I don't know. I'm asking you, bro. (laughs) That seems... I was more asking, do you think that this is the sort of song that people expect from Gojira? Maybe. The Sphinx sounds like classic Gojira to me. I could see metalheads loving that. That's classic Phil. Classic Gojira. (laughs) That's the the Sphinx. Into the Storm is probably a little more in that vein. But, I mean, they've been experimental from the get-go. I don't think it's a fair assessment. This isn't metal. I don't buy that. I think... People need to open up their ears a little bit more. I got a great quote from Joe about grind. Of course, we love to grind. I don't know if there's anything better in this world than playing a riff with the drummer, which is his brother. Lyric-wise, I'm talking about transcending ourselves and overcoming our problems. 
we have the power. We can change things. We bend laws. We can break walls. What we have are routines. Wake up, wash the dishes, go to work, make money. You have to surrender to that clockwork grind in order to find freedom. So you do your dishes, motherfucker. You'll suffer less tomorrow. Chop wood and carry water. <laughs> I fucking love it, man. That's what I want to hear from <laughs> bands that have been around long enough to have enough money to where, you know what? Don't fucking preach to mm-hmm. me. You're rich. You can go off for a week to the Amazon and help fucking. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's also a depressing message. It at can times. be. Yeah. At times. There's also a lot of very, you have strength within you that you have no idea. Right. It's the Navy SEAL thing. You have no idea what you're capable of. Absolutely. Let's get to some awards. Awards and categories. The David Crosby Met Award for bad reviews. This one isn't crazy or bad, but it just fucking irks me. And I wanted to talk about it a little bit. This is James who gave it three out of five stars said the title is average. I find it a bit dreary and boring. This is my first Gojira album. Probably my last. That's not a terrible, Mm. it's a terrible review, but it's not a terrible thing to think. Right, right. What fucking irritates me though, is if you know a band has eight albums, we'll say, you think, I think I want to see if I like this band. How could you possibly think that you could just listen to one album? If you like it or not, then you're fucking done. done. I don't like that. No. At all. It's lazy. I've probably done it before. (laughs) I know I've done it before. All right. We got some new awards, so pay attention, everybody. Some new categories. The One of Us Award. Evil out of Sven and Rachel. If we oh my God. made them sit down with this, who's going to like it more? If we rewound about six months, I would have 100% <laughs> said Sven. But Rachel has yes. confused me recently. Her take on certain heavier albums. I'm almost leaning towards her now. I, I really don't know, but I'm going to say, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say Rachel this time. Over, wow. Yeah. Here's what I think. I think it's Sven, no question. Mm. Here's my thought process. Okay. Obviously it's working because you just picked her. <laughs> I think Rachel She's fucking with wants, this. no, I think she wants to be besties with you. Oh, I think she's not going to happen. She's <laughs> <laughs> not now. <laughs> she's she's looking for that evil love. So she's mm-hmm. like, Halo effect? Yeah, that's great. Mm. And then I'm sitting there thinking, oh, you lying fucking bird. Oh, like, there's no way you love that. Rachel's a parasite. <laughs> no. Well, we all are. <laughs> Rachel, I'm just kidding. I think she would like this. I think she I, would look th- at the I lyrics and the musicality, and I think she would actually dig it. I actually I know, think that, I know. Okay. I know Sven will like That's not at all what I think. I think Rachel this year has been trying really hard to branch out and give. God damn it. Do I have to? I have to listen to Blackpink now, don't I? No, no, that's not. <laughs> that's not branching out. That's giving up. <laughs> the DMX Award to me, this is—it's the fact that you can't call this a metal band. It's so much more than that. They're an N of one. Mm. There is one Gojira. It's them. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. I think properly for both. This got mm-hmm. great reviews, particularly from metal sites and magazines and stuff like that. We can't really do in its time and currently because it's still, yeah, it's still, like, you got to give it like five years to see right. where it is. And I think so too. I think it was properly rated. I think it will age well. Influences and influencees, uh, evil for any metal album we talk about. Can I just say Morbid Angel and Death and be 
be okay. I feel like I can get away <laughs> I would with like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of melody in this, so mm-hmm. I would actually give a lot to. I mean, I mean, you said Sepultura, which I don't know enough. Listen to Roots, the first track of Roots on the nose is such a I'll and they're to. huge. Metallica, of course, that's, but I like your I like your death morbid angel. That's that's the other one I was gonna say too is Metallica. Another new award, the toss salad and scrambled eggs category. <laughs> um, that is essentially what is this album about? What was well, the first of all, go watch Frasier, a hard stop, and then go ahead. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know where that came from. Exactly. I'm I'm assuming fucking, some people are gonna be like, what is that all about? But go so watch Frasier. Oh, yeah, that's one of the no best television shows ever but the toss salad and scrambled eggs award in one sentence of armchair psychology what was the lyricist trying to get across in this album humans are bad but we can be good that's way more hopeful than mine which is (laughs) the world will die very soon and it is our fault (laughs) 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 <laughs> there was a lot more psychology for the two of us in that. Wow. <laughs> then, never mind the Bullocks Award. So I've only listened to two Gojira albums fully, so I can't answer this. What about you? Actually, two-parter. Where does this stand in your Gojira rankings? And where does this album rank for most Gojira lovers? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that one. Where would okay. others rank it? I don't know where it's going to land. My favorite is from Mars to Sirius. If I had to pick three, it would be from Mars to Sirius, number one, The Way of All Flesh, and then this album, Fortitude. Fortitude might be my number two now, Mm. and it could someday be number one. John Paul Jones Award. Two things that I think would be cool to hear on this. Not needed. This doesn't need anything. I think it would be cool to have a choir in the chant. Mm. I don't care. African mormon tabernacle whatever i don't give a shit i think a choir would be pretty cool and then one more thing i was kind of hoping that at least like one song would be in french Mm. yeah they don't do any in french lyrics just so you know Swear to God, if you Google, has Gojira ever sang in French, it says, did you mean, has Godzilla ever sang in French? (laughs) 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 We are the worst people. We are evil. (sighs) What about about you? What's your jump ball? Since Amazonia was such a tip of the hat to Sepultura, I don't know if they're buddies or no Max Cavalera. Have one of them in there? Yeah, have Max do some vocals on it. That would be cool. Teach him Young Award. What song are you going to show? When I was thinking about this, I'm like, do I pick something that is more old school Gojira? The chant has like old school guitar solo in it. Yep. Yeah. So do I pick something like that? Let's just go with the intro track board for one thing because i think that is that'll catch you yeah that's the one it's not mine though so i don't agree <laughs> i guess mine is actually the chant mm. easily accessible it's easily mm-hmm. likable easy it, it is so it's but easy to like. it is but it's but it's not easy because if you listen to its intro fortitude and mm-hmm. the chant there are some interesting things going on like i think if you just put the chant in this album it would have felt out of place. Oh, you know, you have to have the beginning. Yeah. It reminded me of Parable Parabola oh. on uh, Lateralis, how you have like yeah. this intro and then it goes into the yeah. side, like leads you into that song. If you're someone who wants to go do ayahuasca in the 
Peru or Amazon, I right? <laughs> you will most likely have some sort of guide who will lead you through this. These are traditions that have been passed down for yes. centuries. Many of them will sing these chants that go along. It like mm -hmm. guides you through the trip. They're called Icaros. And I, this song feels mm. kind of like in that vein. Damn. John Popper Award, Evil. What's the best hook on this album? It's the chant. It is the chant. That's it for me. It, it totally is. And it's so different. That is it. It's actually not my answer, but it is. It, it's probably the right answer. It's the thing that gets stuck in my head the most by far. Yeah. But I actually right. said Newfound. When they break mm. into the chorus of Newfound and it turns into this minor driving mm. kind of mm -hmm. fucking desperate sounding. God damn, it just hits, man. John Prime Best Lyric Award. I already said it, and I think I botched it too, so sorry, Gojira fans, but <laughs> we were born for one thing, to tame the greatest miracle of all. Evil, what's yours? Same song, different lyric. Oh. We're no one united when we're gone. These guys write lyrics. Dude. Eddie Van Halen Award. In the song Hold On, mm -hmm. between the first and second verse mm -hmm. there's like a main riff through the rest of the song build up and then this space this like really lean version of the main riff plays with harmonics and then the main riff kicks in Dude, that is it for me. Yeah. And then they pound that riff for the rest of the song, which they're so good at. It's awesome. All of the guitar in Another World, mm. the whole song, the opening of New Found, chunky metal, and then all of a sudden he does this phaser wah thing. Mm -hmm. it, it's fucking cool. It's so cool. And then, you know, I think it's for all you music nerds or you guitarists, especially, go listen to the guitar on Trails. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Stealing some thunder here. Oh, <laughs> the guitar on trails is so fucking understatedly hard. Yeah. It's one of, so as a guitarist, I love when I find a super simple riff that I know when I go to play, it's going to be fucking impossible. Right. And this is absolutely one of those songs. Evil, what's your, Surfer Rosa, what do you think about the way this album It's flows? structured so well. I don't think one side's any better or worse than the other. I think it flows really well. I agree. I think it's very evenly spaced and they do a good job. There are a few songs that don't really hold my interest, mm. but they do a good job of spacing it out to where it's it doesn't. Yeah affect the album speaking of time of your life award evil what is your least favorite track on this album so i was going to say the trails and then i listened to it and i'm like this <sighs> is fucking subtle and calm and subdued but super technical it's beyond so technical. technical how the fuck does he play and sing this live so i'm cheating by saying that this was my least favorite but th then i listened to it and it's I'm like your least favorite until it wasn't your least favorite yes i'm gonna say hold on it's not a bad song. It's the first time on this album where it kind of throws me out of the, mm. we can move forward. But let's go to our faves now. I will start the three best songs on this album. We've talked about all of them. My number three is The Chant. Mm. Simple, but not simple. Beautiful hook that gets stuck in your head forever. My number two is Another World. 
the fucking end where they just they're doing the Oz and I'll, yeah. I'll play it right now. But and they have that weird slidey yeah, guitar doing the. Cool. And Evil, I owe a shot because my favorite song is Newfound. Wow. I fucking love that nice. song so much. That chorus hits yeah, so goddamn it's great. hard. And even towards the end where they're just, they mm -hmm. it dies off and they're just doing the arpeggio fading out stuff. And then all of a sudden there's this other yeah. metal breakdown that happens. And that kind of fades. I just fucking, that song's amazing. Okay. I was so all over the place here. If you would have asked me yesterday, the list probably would have been <laughs> different. At number three, the pair of Fortitude and the Chant. That's okay. like kind of ninth inning number three for me. My number two, I'm going to go with that fucking killer opener, Born for One Thing. And this feels awkward because you didn't like this song very much. Hold On is my favorite right now. Oh. And it's that riff. Really? Like the space in that song, the intro, that space, that riff comes in, and then they all come together as the band. It sold it for me. So I will say about Hold On, that even though it's my least favorite, the breakdown, the the fucking guitar tone oh my God. in that breakdown is just, yep. it's unreal. So even in my least favorite song, it's, it's fucking good stuff. Evil, who won the album? I'm hopeful that the Amazon wins this album. You got a few hundred yeah. thousand bucks from it. That's not bad. That's a good answer. It's a lot less selfish than my answer, which is I won this album. Um, it had been a long time since I heard a metal album that just clicked with me. And this clicked. Absolutely. Mm. Another couple new categories. Number one, do you regret what position you had it at last year? You had it at your fourth favorite album of the year. I had it at my second favorite album of the year. Do you regret it? No, because that was last year. It would probably rank higher out of that same group of albums today. That's the actual question. Oh. Sven. <laughs> so here's the thing. You're absolutely right. Okay. This, this feels spoilery for the rest of the episode. Oh, here, I'll give you, I'll tell you what my answer is first. Okay. I had this at two. Yeah. I do not regret it, but it has changed. Okay. So we have an episode coming up where we revisit and revise 2021. Mm -hmm. You'll learn where I think I should have put this now. Okay. I'll say this. I'll just say I don't regret having it in my top albums of last year at all. Yeah. There. Me neither. Absolutely. And last question. Are you still listening to it? If we weren't dissecting this, would you still be listening to it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Me too. And in fact, yeah. having gone through the process makes me want to listen to it even more. I am pretty sure that even if we wouldn't have dissected this, a couple of these songs would be in my Spotify mm -hmm. most listened to at the end of the year. Yeah. Evil, rate the album. It's it's not a perfect album. I will get give it 11 out of 12 saved Amazonian trees. That I like it. That sounds so stupid. That's very high. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? Mine's even stupider because mine is, and I agree, I don't think it's perfect. No. I give this a very solid eight out of 10 trees. That's all I, that's all mine was, was trees. <laughs> just trees. So if yours is stupid, mine is just downright dumb. <laughs> that is Gojira Fortitude. That was fun to talk about. Yeah. 
We got one more fun one to talk Let's about. We're going to take a break. We'll Let's be do right it. back. And we're back. That's the second one. (laughs) It's just your job now. Our second album of the night. One of our listeners by the name of Mark quoted as saying, you guys should be getting paid by Royal Blood for as much as you promote them. (laughs) (laughs) We should. We should. Ironically, we don't have the rights to this because it's fucking Warner. Album is Typhoons by Royal Blood. Came out also... April of 2021 recorded in Brighton, which is where they're from. Like I said, the label is Warner and is produced by Royal blood, Paul Epworth and the Josh Homme Mm -hmm. evil. I can't imagine why we liked this. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into anything, we got to talk about the friendship test. Here's the thing. I am disqualifying Boilermaker. Okay. It's allowed to be your favorite song. Let's say Boilermaker is your favorite song. Yeah. But I pick a different song that's your second. That Got counts. It. Got it. Want. Well, yeah. okay. This breaks everything. <laughs> because wasn't either you want it one of your favorite songs from last year? Yes. Yeah. So I it's shouldn't always. be able to pick that. No, why not? It's friendship test. That means if you know me, you win. That's it. I mean, I know that's it. Well, unless okay. it changed, it might have changed. It's been a year, Evil. Oh, intrigue. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I'm going to pick that and hope that you've changed your mind. And I think it was one of your favorites too, but Boilermaker is just such a duh for you. <laughs> but I'm going to say your second, and this is this is a risky one because it's later on in the album, mm. but I am going Hold On. Oh. It's not very rocky. Mm. The things that you and I both like about this album are not very, it's not rock. Right. You know what it's I mean? That's, like dance disco, AC exactly. disco, AC DC disco. Exactly. So this album was certified 60K, which surprised me it's not more. Well, maybe not so much. It did reach number one in the UK, Ireland, shout out Ireland, Ireland. and Scotland, who I also very much love. The highest that it reached the US was number four on the alternative rock charts. It's their third studio album. I don't want to get too far into their other stuff because there will be Royal Blood dissections on this podcast. This album, or it was, and still kind of is doing a really huge like video game tour. It's in a ton of video games. Yeah, a lot of... Really? A lot of songs in like baseball and football. Oh, that makes... I can see that. I can totally see that. Sort of video games. We have one thing that I need to do. I need to take a drink because I have, in honor of this album... Oh, yes. A Boilermaker... So you're going to love this. I didn't own any shot glasses because I haven't, I'm not fucking 28 anymore. Right. You know what I mean? a, my, my days of stunt drinking are far behind me. Exactly. Don't have a need for shot glasses. Nope. So had to go buy a shot glass yesterday <laughs> and I let my daughter pick it. So <laughs> that's amazing. Here is my parent of the year. What is that? Cheers say? y'all shot glass <laughs> in pink. And and here's the thing. It's a tall, skinny one. And I've never done a Boilermaker in a tall, skinny shot glass. Mm. So I don't know how this is going to go. Science is happening right here, folks. Here we go. Boilermaker time. Oh, and he's chugging the whole thing. So much for all that fitness advice I gave you. Yeah. <laughs> what did you call it? It's not a cheat meal. It's a, it's a splurge. Splurge. Splurging. It is a splurge today. Hey. Nice. <laughs> I've earned it, goddammit. That actually worked. That said, oh, I have not 
done a Boilermaker in a while. (laughs) (laughs) This might be a problem. (laughs) Evil, I would think that there are parts of this album that don't seem like they would be all that much you. What is it about this album that you love so much? I am a closeted pop music fan (laughs) for certain types of pop music. This just like pushes those buttons for me. I don't really like disco. You do if you like this album. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is like, it's a dance album. Disco, it's got like daft punk roots in it. It's absolutely. But also it's the Royal Blood formula. It's like ACDC riffs over disco beats. Is what it is. Yes. And they do it really well. I think that's what it is, is they were able to, to do it well. I was worried. All Royal Blood is, you either don't know, and I'm sure you all know, is Mike Kerr, who does the bass and the vocals. I mean, he does a lot of other stuff on the album, so when they're live, it's just him. And Ben Thatcher, who's the drummer. And that's it. Yeah. So I remember when I first heard this album, the only thing that worried me was, how is this going to work live? Mm-hmm. Um, because this is a very, I don't want to say overproduced. It's not overproduced, but it's one of those, it's disco rock. Like it is very right, yeah, produced. Is. You know, there's very. a lot of nuance. There's a lot of keyboard work and synth stuff in the background and, and female backup vocals. And, but they, man, even live, they do a really, really fucking good job with it. One mm-hmm. keyboard player. And sometimes they have the female vocalists and, it's kind of the muse of whenever I hear their albums, I'm like, how the fuck are they going to do this live? But then I forget, oh, that's right. There are millionaires that have like pre-recorded <laughs> shit backing them up and, and it's good. Have you heard anything? This is a digression. I'll make it short. But there's like a big kerfuffle between the singer for Falling in Reverse and Eddie Trunk, the DJ. Falling in Reverse lost multiple laptops. And they had to cancel shows because of it. And Eddie Trunk's like, you young whippersnappers need to figure out how to play shit live without technology. Sebastian Bach from Skid Row's old vocalist, he chimed in. It's big kerfuffle on things. So mm-hmm. what my takeaway is it's, okay, there are different kinds of music. There's live musicians and then there's productions. Yes. I think they're different. And I think it's fair to give merit to those who have large productions But also sort your shit out to where if you lose a couple laptops, you can still play live. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But I do think this is also the type of band that if they didn't have a laptop, they'd be like, fuck it. Well, we're good. They're just going to play live. Yeah, they'll figure it out. You you listen to their older shit and it's, you can play it with two people. Right. The bass uh, sound that he's figured out. They don't fucking need anything Mm -hmm. else, man. You know, what's funny to me is as I was researching this, I have such similar feelings about these albums, Fortitude and Royal Blood typhoons obviously they're nothing alike but right the amount that i enjoy listening to them the amount that i think that they work as one cohesive piece of art there's a couple songs that i start to fade out but in the end the albums have really stuck with me they are my two most listened to albums from last year for sure Mm -hmm. the structure is very very similar song to song it's a lot of disco You you start with Troubles Coming and you get to a lot of the same stuff that you're going to hear throughout the album. You're going to get these amazing breakdowns, just super subtle, perfect backup vocals, drumming so simple, but so So fucking tight. (laughs) You know, the little five second, the shorts, Mm -hmm. like TikTok started. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites is a drummer. He's doing what people think is hard and he's doing this crazy solo. (laughs) And then he goes, what's actually hard? And he's just like, 
It's so fucking true. It's why Ringo was so fucking good because he's a goddamn metronome. Mm-hmm. And that's this fucking drummer. That is so important when you're doing these kind of disco beats, right? Oh my God, yeah. The simplicity of Gene. Hmm. Did you just have a Boilermaker? <laughs> I should have, I think. Maybe I would. The economy that he plays with and how genius it is, is not an easy task to pull off. Yes. I know we're talking a lot about disco, but this album is so it does not get enough credit i think for how much it bends genre mm-hmm. you show me an old school like 80s punk rock lover loves this album me who's more of a maybe a little more hipster rock i loved the two th- the early 2000s which shout out there's a documentary based on the book that just came out called meet me in the bathroom about all the early 2000s new york interpol and the strokes and stuff that I can't wait to fucking watch that. But that sort of shit and, you know, grunge and stuff. There's you who are a little more metal. Like you loved all that stuff too, but like (laughs) everybody fucking likes this. I agree. I have a neighbor who's become a good friend and he loves the podcast, listens to it. He has this to say about Royal Blood. He likes Royal Blood, but he feels like they're forgettable. Here's the reason why. He's a big fan of Death From Above 1979, which I think... Royal Blood are heavily influenced by. Yes. Yeah. I do understand that sentiment. Yeah. If somebody were to say to me, and I'm glad you brought this up because I don't think I would have talked about it, but I'm glad we are. If somebody would come up and say to me, all Royal Blood is, is a gussied up, popped version of somebody like Death From Above, or there's like two other two people bands that are not coming into my head right now, but I can totally see that. Right. But I just, I don't care. I, I agree. I loved their first album quite a bit. I was a big fan. Me too. And Which is nothing no, like this album. No, it's not. There are songs on their second album that I enjoy, but overall, I didn't like it as much. And I was kind of worried. I'm like, oh, they're going to get experimental and lose whatever it is that made them special on that first album. But they were able to push things even further experimentally it's better it all kind of came back together for me with typhoons maybe they are they're young yeah and i think when you're young there is a little bit of that fuck it Mm -hmm. royal blood was highly respected by the elitist musician group and also like the hard rock group yeah and to come out with Mm -hmm. this (laughs) that's ballsy there had to be a point where they heard this and they're like you know All of our fans might be like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? I mean, it sounds, it's fresh, it's, but still familiar. Maybe kind of what Dave Grohl was trying to do with Medicine Uh, of Midnight. But they did it right. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a little something to that. God, I know he doesn't, but man, I'm really glad Dave Grohl doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) Just speaking a little more to that, how much do you think the electronic dance music prevalence in England and their experience with that growing up influenced that, their ability to pull it together? That's an extremely good point. Mm -hmm. There is. There's a lot more of that 80s dance pop influence there. The music that we listen to can't, U.S. bands in particular, can't mm-hmm. not have been influenced by like the grunge era. But at the same time that Nirvana came out, Screamadelica hit in like with Primal Screams album Screamadelica yeah. hit, maybe even the same year. I'd have to look that up. That was definitely a different direction for music across the pond, as they say. Absolutely. And we didn't get that here. Pablo Honey by Radiohead was only that was 93. Yeah. 
That was two years after fucking Nevermind. Two different wavelengths, neither of which was better than the other. No. I would guess that there's not that push over there like there is here to be the authentic rock. Mm, I feel like there's an Oasis like reference in here somewhere. Well, I hope you are going to be the one that saves me because <laughs> I'm, I'm drowning in this one. Matter. Anyway, we're here for... For Royal Blood. Royal Blood. Should we just talk about the fucking hooks right now? Oh my God. Typhoons keep on raging and I don't know why. The hook for Oblivion, the bridge for Oblivion where Mm. he's doing the the somewhere I lost my way. The breakdown in Million and One towards the end. You can do that this whole album. How hard is it to write one riff like is all over this album? That Just writing one. And these guys do it song after song after song and structure it in a way that's interesting. I will say as a musician, I've sat down to write licks and it's not like these are complex. No, 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 no. Boilermaker bound and out, down and out. No, it helps to have a Josh Homme in your ear. It does. Yeah. <laughs> are you loving a Royal blood song or are you loving Josh? Right. Homme? Yeah. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is it's their fucking song. Even I miss good music videos. This has a killer music video. It's so good. Yeah. It is one of the best rock songs in the last 10, I, 15 years. I agree. I mean, it is. I say this a lot and I'm just going to keep saying, in fact, I think I might end up making it an award next year. The fuck I wish I would have written that song. <laughs> like, yeah. Could you imagine yeah. how much fun that would be to play live? There are certain things that hit that I'm just like, uh, we we talked about this in the quick fire. There's a riff on the Halo Effect album that I'm just like, uh, 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 it makes me want to like jump on a war horse and ride into enemy yeah, lines, yeah. you know? <laughs> there are no songs in this album where I, when I go through and I look at the track listing, there aren't any songs I'm like, oh, that's no, thank you. <laughs> you know what's funny? I hadn't listened to this for a while. And so mm-hmm. I, I listened to the whole thing and I'm like, uh oh, I don't know if I like this anymore. And it was just my mood. The second time I put it, I'm like, oh, no, it's still good. (laughs) I had like this moment of like, oh, shit, did I like make a huge mistake last year? That's fucking hilarious because I did the same exact thing. I really probably about two weeks ago, I turned this on and I was like, you know, this is super repetitive. Yeah. And this is, it's kind of the same song over and over. And I might be. It's terrible background music. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's dance music. Like who listens to dance music as background music? Yes. I mean, that's the fucking album. I'm really happy that they went the route that they did. Let's go to awards and categories because the David Crosby Meh Award, as you can imagine, maybe they didn't like the (laughs) route they took. Sure. This is Robin from the United States. Based on their first album and the song that got some airplay, I thought it would be better and more like the albums before it. It's not. It's basically the same. Yawn. It's not the same. It's not. I played it a couple of times, then stashed it away deep into the archives. I'm going to... This is how I think uh, she sounds. I have so much great music in my collection that I do not have or even want to find the time to listen to mediocre discs that just plod along sounding uninspired. That was her last sentence. My request is that you come up with characters for all of these in the future. (laughs) That's a good idea, actually. (laughs) You know, she says she's, she's from the United States, but what American says the word plod? Just plod along. Mm. I'm on to you, Robin. 
So this one might be a little bit tougher. The One of Us Award. I was just thinking that. I don't... uh... Who likes this more, Rachel or Sven? To use the terms of our dear friend Rachel, this fucking slaps. It it does. Uh... But the problem is, is Sven is a base first guy. Yeah. I think the edge goes to Sven. I think so too. I'm going to give Sven the edge on this one. I also think that, and we didn't even talk about the themes of this album. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it is a little bit duty. It is a little bit there. True. Duty. That's a good point. It's a little duty. duty. I really wish I would have found a different word for that. <laughs> it's, it is a little bit of a, in our reviews, we talked about Regina Spector being such a female album mm-hmm. about dudes. And I could see where a woman would not be able to relate to the themes yeah, of this as it's well. It's brotastic for sure. <laughs> That's, there we go. Thank you. You saved me. Um, (laughs) Evil DMX Award. I think that what makes this album unique, it's disco and ACDC. I think I'm going to steal that. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Greater than the sum of its parts. I loved ACDC, but not disco. (laughs) Overrated, underrated, properly rated? I think properly rated. I think, well, underrated when it came out maybe i saw some reviews that were a little bit lower than i thought they should be a lot of the big time reviewers that are popular right now which i talked about in my last search one that i did by myself my episode yeah why we don't do as much new music as other people do yeah a lot of them were not into this album yeah i think it will age well i think it should and you know what fucking royal blood is underrated anyway yeah agree royal blood the band is not as popular as they should be no they should be definitely should be bigger i found two bands roughly the same time royal blood and rival sons both so incredibly underrated Mm -hmm. yeah like those are two of the best rock bands right now influences and influencees you can say all the easy, the two person bands, sure, like the yeah. white stripes and, and a Jack white. Absolutely. But, mm, and that's kind of any time that you bring up. So here's my thing. It's interchangeable. I, I don't know who, I honestly don't think either of them inspired either one. I think they just were coming up at the same time, but anytime you have music like this, that is based on this amazing riff that is a little bit late nineties, early two thousands, I think that is it is inspired by Josh Homey mm-hmm. and Jack White. Yeah. Josh Homey was around earlier. He was doing stuff with Screaming Trees and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like Caius was yeah. early, early mid-90s, yeah. But I also think that Jack White was doing shit with riffs and stuff that Josh Homey hadn't thought of. That's true. I think I've said ACDC over and over again here. (laughs) So ACDC and disco influenced this. But I think even they admitted that there's like Daft Punk influence here. Yes. Um, And Daft Punk, LCD sound system even. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the British... Yeah. Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs Award. We haven't really talked about this at all. Armchair Psychology, what is this album about in one sentence? The whole album? Uh, let's get pissed and dance our asses off. I love that. See, that's, <laughs> that's what I want this to be, and you are probably right. I think personally, if you dissect the lyrics and you really pay attention to what he's saying, it's being eaten by the fame monster. Mm, yeah I okay that makes sense now I'm famous the real friends are gone mm-hmm. the, mm. it's kind of the I always do this and as much as I love royal blood and I don't want to talk shit about him 
Tenacious D's song, The Road, mm-hmm. where they're making fun of all the bands that are like, oh, I'm, I'm out on the road and it's so hard and having to screw a new girl every night. <laughs> and it's just so tough. That's kind of this album. That's a little bit of what this album is about. Never mind the Bullocks Award. This is fucking tough, dude. Do you think this is their best album? Oh, man. Right? Uh, I can't tell you that today. <laughs> I'll say this. I listened to it more than I... I really liked their first album, and I think the first album is amazing. It's between one and three. Perfectly acceptable answer. If you would have asked me last year, I probably would have said yes. Today, I don't know. John Paul Jones Award. You know, I me, I say nothing. The only thing that I would have said... A guitarist or a keyboard player, not to take away anything from those two, but just to make sure that live they are as full, but they, they did that. So I don't really, I don't have a good answer for this. What about you? I think he only produced Boilermaker. And some additional tracks that weren't on the album. I want to see what a full album of Josh Homme producing Royal Blood. That or they, maybe they become a trio and have steel beans on the side. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And I was just going to say, like, I was just going to say, this is me just, you know, roster baiting. What if you, (laughs) what if you, what if you went to a Royal Blood concert and Josh Homme came out and played Boilermaker with him? Um, Teaching Young Award. Boilermaker's too easy. Yeah, you go. Uh, Let me collect my thoughts. So I'm going to say Typhoons. I just Mm. think it, it encompasses... Yeah, everything that is good about this album. It's got the really cool production of the intro. It's an amazing fucking riff. The chorus is this weird minor. And I even think the the lyrics are incredible too. It's yeah. him talking about his mindset. What And I don't know if it's a fame thing or what, but there's no time to pause. Right. But that's... That's also a rocker's fault because, you know, you can't pause. You can not drink one night and just go to your hotel room. It is possible. That's ridiculous. I think Trouble's Coming, the very, the intro track, it's a solid track, but I think it's a good intro for the album because it establishes the sound. But I also feel like it's just a good introduction to the band as well. John Popper Award. What's the best hook, Evil? The chorus to, or it's just the whole fucking song. It's Boilermaker. I said the same thing. Yeah. I mean, that's it's no question. Bow, na, 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 yeah. na, na, Yeah. It's, it's fucking amazing. John Prine, best lyric award. So I can say multiple lines from this song, and I know that I'm just picking the same song, but... I was looking for some kind of savior, someone still counting on my worst behavior. Mm. I love that fucking line. I relate to that line. Every time I hear it, it gives me chills. It's brilliant. There are some really good lines on this, but that one's fucking epic. So this is in the context of the whole phrase. Slip inside my sick dream, constant creatures all around me. I got leeches on my right. And here's the line, letdowns on the fence. Yeah. And then it continues, use me till I'm dry, the demand I bleed for them, who needs friends? Letdowns on the fence is fucking brilliant. It's very fucking good. The Eddie Van Halen Award, Evil, what you got? So it's not my favorite song on the album, but because you spoke so highly of it last season, I listened to it a little more critically. And the drumming on... Either You Want It is so fucking good. That's what it is for me. In context of the rest of the album where the beats are so simple, 
it's fucking mind bending and it's still economical and simplistic in ways, but he, he just, I don't know, man. I just sent you what my Eddie Van Halen award is. Do you want to read that for me? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. The drum beat in either you want it is so fucking, and then it goes on. Killer. You kill her. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's fucking amazing. <laughs> wow. That was one of those ninth inning things that's for me hilarious. too. Everybody, that should tell you how amazing the drums are in either you want it. Surfer <laughs> Rosa Award. I think it's the exact same as Gojira. It's spaced really well. Mm-hmm. There's a couple average yeah. songs that are kind of spaced out. Maybe falls off a teeny bit at the end, but I think it's well thought out album. What about you? I agree. Boilermaker's pretty late in the album. And that, as Rachel would say, slaps. It is a banger, if you will. The first three tracks are... Mm-hmm. solid and then they change it up i wouldn't say the quality drops off but they definitely change the pace a bit time your life award evil what's the worst song on this album it's a good closer i guess and i'm not this isn't the deluxe version i'm just talking about the standard yeah i know what you're closer the yeah. piano track at the end all we have is now it's not one that i would put in I, a playlist I, I honestly i hate that it's on the album <laughs> i don't get it yeah it's out of place it's so out of place i think who needs friends kind of kills the vibe Mm -hmm. when it hits yeah and not only that but it's also a little bit annoying douchey you know i said that the fame monster eats everything is right this is kind of that annoying part of when people get famous of they start oh i don't have real friends and this and that you know you, you could have actually kept the same friends sure like it's you that moved on got rich and toured and stuff like that it annoys me, but I do think all we have is now. I don't get why the fuck it's on this album. Mm. Let's talk about what we like. Three best songs on the album. My number three is Typhoons. Mm. I love this fucking song. It's I love so it. so good. The chorus is... If Boilermaker wasn't on here, it would be the hook. Oh, yeah. And then my number two is Either You Want It. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's your number two now. It's my number two. Ooh. It's Royal Blood's doo-wop song. I know. <laughs> Which means that if Boilermaker is number one, that you have guessed right on both songs for me. My number one song on this <laughs> is Boilermaker. So you, <laughs> I had to think about it really hard. And even though I do, I fucking love Either You Want It. And I will probably keep preaching that song to mm-hmm. people and just how understated it is and how complex you know, it is. It is complex. It's a fucking doo-wop song. Yeah. But it's fucking Boilermaker, man. Like you said, it's, it's one of the best rock songs written in the last decade. Yeah, easily. I have two shots. <laughs> I have my Wild Turkey 101. Oh, Jesus, do it. (laughs) While you talk about your three best songs. My number three was, that was the hard choice to make. And I'm going to pick Hold On because you picked it as my number one. And I just kind of want to rub it in a little bit. That is a great track. I also, I think Mad Visions into Hold On, that transition is fucking great. As a dance album, having good transitions from track to track. That's brilliant. Mad Visions is great too. We didn't even talk about it. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. Like those two songs work so well together. I agree. We both agree it fucking falls off a cliff with the pianos at the end, but whatever. They almost stuck the landing. My number two is Oblivion. That song is so solid and is probably the most Death from Above 1979 inspired on the whole 
album. It's got this eerie kind of Halloween-y, organ-y thing going on. Yeah. It's a great yeah. song. I agree. And then number one, Boilermaker. I mean, big surprise. I'm glad that they uh, were able to write a, a song so big on album yeah. three. Otherwise, the first album would have overshadowed their career if they didn't come out with something like this at this point. Here's a good ACDC analogy. <laughs> bon Scott era, brilliant. And then they wrote Back in Black, one of the greatest selling albums of all time. And then ACDC just like did ACDC. Yeah. They were a cover band of themselves. And then they fucking wrote Thunderstruck. And like 12 years after Back in Black, and it like re-injected some momentum to their career. These guys just had to wait to wait until they're twenty four or yeah. whatever the fuck they are. Yeah. <laughs> Who won the album, Evil? Dance music, maybe. You could pick Josh Homie won the album. He helped them write the great song. You say Royal Blood won the album. You could say Two Pieces run that won the album. Let's say Disco. Disco won this album. I like it. Yeah. You know, Disco kind of won 2021 with Grohl coming bit. out with Medicine at Midnight. And then you remember he had that interview with Pharrell mm-hmm. where he was like Basically, all of my drumming mm-hmm. is is conceptualized from 70s disco. disco. Pharrell's head exploded. <laughs> you could see Pharrell live thinking about like Nirvana drums and be like, oh my <laughs> God, you're fucking right. Oh no. <laughs> 70s disco music. But, there are disco songs throughout the year. What's the the corn track? Is it Got, got the, the Life? life. Yeah. That's, a, dis- <laughs> that's <laughs> a disco song. Yeah. So you can find disco bangers throughout the years. Uh, My Who Won the Album, we talked about it a little bit here and there, but with a bullet is Ben Thatcher, the drummer. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's a really good answer. Not only is he just fucking, he's not the front man. He doesn't want to be the front man. He's a drummer's drummer. Like you talk to drummers and they fucking love this guy. Mm -hmm. He is everything you want in a drummer. He is so simple. But then when you need something extra or a fill, he's got the perfect one. And then have you seen them play live? Mm-hmm. I watch live footage. Fucking yeah. bottle of fucking Jose Cuervo <laughs> at all times. What is not to love about this fucking guy? <laughs> I fucking love Ben Thatcher. I think he won this album. Absolutely. I like that. I like that answer. <laughs> I, I didn't see that coming, but it makes so much sense. <laughs> Do you regret the position you had it at last year? I had it at number three and you had it at number two. Yeah. Once again, I'm not going to give anything away with our revisit, but I will say it's definitely still in my five, but is not my third anymore. Uh, I, I, I probably agree with you. It just could be the mood I'm in at the time prepping for this, but mm-hmm. I, I would have put Gojira album above this one. If I rank them today, I don't know how or where we will find find out out in a few episodes. Are you still listening to it? Not just for this. Have you listened to this? I hadn't in a, in a while, but it's still definitely is something that I will continue to listen to. I think it's such a fun, great album. It's got like a spring summer feel to me. We're like going into fall now. It doesn't really fit the vibe yet. (laughs) You and your vibes and your whatnot. I'm a moody fucker, Um, man. (laughs) Yeah. I still listen to it. It's it's one of my favorite hyper vinyls. Mm. And the last thing that we got to do is we got to rate this album, Evil. What do you rate this? I will give it a 10 and a half out of 12 Boilermakers. I don't know why everything's out of 12 today, but that's what I'll do. 10 and a half out of 12. So it's a teeny bit less good as Gojira. Yeah. I could see that. It's not as thoughtful, I don't think. Yeah, 
I agree. It's a little flatter in spots than the Gojira album is. I'm going to give the exact same score as I gave Gojira, actually. Yeah. This is an 8 out of 10, and I talked about it at the beginning of, of the Royal Blood dissection, but these albums are very similar to me, and they're both very strong 8 out of 10 albums. Mm-hmm. I love this album, but I fully admit it's a 7 or 8. It's pretty one-dimensional, and it's very much the same formula every song. But that doesn't make it bad. You know how certain years just have... God, I almost used the word vibe again. Vibe. It's a vibe, man. Good vibes only, evil. It was my 2021 album, but it's no longer the vibe. I'm going to talk about what you are currently talking about a lot in the finale, actually. Oh, good. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. I've learned a lot from having a podcast. I, I, I tried to, I avoided using the, the word zeitgeist, you know, but that's really... I've like, used that too much this year, so yeah. you can't use it. Okay. But I actually like the Edit word vibes. No. <laughs> I think the word vibes is good. Yeah. When Typhoons came out, it was like, I'm like, this is my shit right now. Exactly. And that's Gojira and Royal Blood. There it we is. did our samesies, Evil. We did it. We're the best. <laughs> I love this episode. I am so glad this fun. that we yeah. did this. I hope that there are at least two samesies with people. I hope that there are two samesies with more than just us two. So we can have like right. three of us on it. Man, that'd be fucking fun. It was, we were just fanboying out. <laughs> I love it. Versecoursefirst.com at Pod. We're on TikTok. Go rate and review us iTunes, it's not that hard. Every time you leave us a five-star review, it helps us. I've been really bad about promoting that this year. I'm sorry to myself and all the other <laughs> verse cores verse people that I work with. Join us next week, the second to last episode before we are all together in a cabin in the wilderness and Rachel and I are starting something big that's going to happen every year and that's all i'm going to say about that wow i don't even think i know what this is evil i am really glad i got to do this episode with you this was a blast yeah it was fun to prepare for people you're all the best of the peoples keep being you and save the rainforest save the trees good night and good luck Bye.